everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 13 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. On this podcast, we will showcase alumni from each one of these schools to share their success stories and insights with you. Today, our podcast welcomes Rhonda Ross, an alumna from Institut Le Jose. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Carla. I'm so happy to be here. Can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, I am Rhonda Ross. I am um, a maker in the arts. I, I sing, I write songs, I act, I create content, I speak. Um, but, but through all of that, I am a, a self-love advocate, a, a, a personal power advocate. And I, and I like to help people find their personal power and have the courage and freedom to create the lives that they want to create. Excellent. Rhonda, you seem like just the right person to ask this to because you're a really fun gal. A lot of people think Switzerland is boring. Can you please address that? <laughs> uh, I don't remember being ever being bored in Switzerland. Uh, however, I was a child most of my time there. So, um, so I, I'm sure there's a lot of fun things that I couldn't partake in. <laughs> uh, but but um, if I if I can just back up quickly and and tell you um, how I got to Switzerland, if I can if I can just sure. do that quickly. As a family, we spent some winters in Saint Moritz uh, skiing, but that was mostly uh, sort of a touristy thing. And then um, uh, in high school, was it high school? Early high school. Um, my mother, uh, I didn't mention this in my introduction. So my mother is Diana Ross uh, and my father is Barry Gordy. And my mother was uh, preparing to um, produce and star in a movie about Josephine Baker. And because of that, she moves the, the, moved the family to Paris and put us in the American school in Paris over there. And it was not the right fit for me, mostly because I am a lover of culture and, uh, and I'm curious and interested. I'm a lover of languages. And unfortunately, the students who were in my class at that time uh, were not. <laughs> they didn't wanna be there. They were frustrated. They wished they were back in the States. Um, they wanted to do only things that Americans would do. They didn't wanna do anything French. They didn't wanna learn the language. And uh, it was a day school, but it was not the right fit. And so my mother said to me, I only know one other school and it's Le Rosé and it's in Switzerland and it's a boarding school. And are you willing to go? I said, pack my bags because <laughs> I got to get out of here. And so uh, that's how I found myself at, at Rosé. I went alone, meaning I had two sisters at the time. I still have two sisters, but I now have brothers. I had two sisters and they stayed in Paris with my mother and I went. Um, and... Uh, I went straight to Roll, which is um, the city that uh, Le Rosé, Rosé has two, two campus. campuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one is in Roll, the other's in Stade. I went straight to Roll. And um, so my life in Switzerland began at that point. I had um, experiences in Roll and in Stade, uh, where the other campus is. And then my mother married uh, Arna Ness and he had a chalet in Verbier. And so that became, those three places became 
my my experience of Switzerland. And this was in the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, late 80s. Uh, this is before electronics, a lot of them. <laughs> Maybe not all <laughs> Thankfully. Of them. No, not, not all of them, <laughs> but, right. but, you know, but, but social media and cell phones and um, internet and all of that. So we spent our time outdoors and there is no place more beautiful than Switzerland. And just, just the, the landscape with the mountains and, and being outdoors all the time, whether that be actual skiing or just hiking or walking or, um, so, so I, so no, I was never bored. We, we, we spent time, we would ski from one house to the other. We were (laughs) in, in, in roll on our campus or, or it was not part of the Rosé campus, but right next door was an apple orchard and we would walk through it on our way to classes and you could just grab an apple and, and dust it off on your, on your shirt and eat it. I mean, it was, I'm sure we weren't supposed to, but it's, it's, it was just the nature, the outdoorness of the life that I remember in Switzerland was just remarkable. It's incredible. Um, I haven't I haven't been there many many times since uh, I left school, but I was there a few years ago, and again a friend of mine who lives there we drove to a farm and picked our uh, our corn and our vegetables for the for our nightly dinner and left a little tip in a jar and you know, it was just. <laughs> That sort of thing is just an amazing thing about Switzerland. It really is. What's your absolute favorite memory from uh, Jose? What's that one story that always gets retold when you're with your group of friends? (laughs) Well, uh, I I do have a story that always gets retold. Um, There were talent shows at at Jose um, that I was a part of and my friends and my family. At this point, my... um, my my sibling Tracy uh, Tracy was also uh, at Rose, and we had joined my mother's new husband Arna's two daughters at Rose. So Katinka and Leona, they were there, and of course we had a whole bunch of friends, and we would all do these talent shows. And <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can. I mean, I I can't do it justice, but that is a memory that we laugh about in our family all the time. There was a song called. The Jazz Hot. Do you know that song? I don't. Don't you play me the jazz hot, baby. And don't. anyway, <laughs> one of my stepsisters, uh, 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 Katinka, performed that song. And we still laugh about it to this day. <laughs> Why? Did she um, blow it? Or she, you know, she was very committed. She was <laughs> very, very serious about her performance. <laughs> um, we uh, We had a really good time. When I think about it, uh, I had been singing before I was at Rose. I was there for my ninth and 10th grade year. So about 14 and 15 years old. Um, uh, I had been singing prior to that, but mostly in school plays, musicals. It was at Rose that I started to discover pop music, you know, uh, music that was on the radio at that time. Um, you know, we I, I was part of a group. We called ourselves Presque nul. <laughs> almost, almost stupid <laughs> for those who don't speak French. Presque nul. 
And um, and we did songs from the doors and we did, you know, I mean, I sang songs from my mother's uh, record that was out at the time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I most of the memories I have around Rose are, of course, the friends, but uh, p- p- performing, performing. That sounds like so much fun. And Rose, yeah. you just mentioned they have a winter campus in Stad. How good of a yes. skier were you? I skied a little. Um, I would consider myself um, at that time like advanced beginner, mm-hmm. but I now I'm not great, but I am good. I'm good. I'm a solid good. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> maybe always- even a maybe even a very good. And um, and I have that uh, because of my time in in Stad. Um, uh, it was really a remarkable opportunity to have skiing as one's um, physical education, daily physical education. Um, our cla- We'd have classes in the morning and then get our stuff together and ski for two hours and come back and have more classes after that. Um, really su- such a wonderful, unique opportunity. Uh, so yeah, my skiing, the level that I'm on uh, is because of that time in Stad. And I'm so thankful for it because especially um, you, in the States, I live either in New York, Manhattan or Los Angeles. Those are the two places. And there's really no skiing in either one. <laughs> uh, you can drive a few hours and get to some skiing, but it's a few hour drive. It's a different thing when you're skiing daily. Was, yeah. it, was it fun to switch campus for summer and winter? I love that. I think that's a that's an incredible uh, um, uh, trait that Rose has. Um, yeah, it was just very different, and and they were very different campuses. Uh, Roll was sprawling and big and outdoors uh, to get from the women's or girls' dormitory to the classes was a long walk, fifteen minute. 20, maybe not 20 minutes, 15 minute walk outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just very, very outdoors. Like I said, the apple orchard and all of that. And even the classes were in different uh, little buildings that you had to go outdoors to get from one to the other. Um, and then Stad was, the campus was very different. It was, it was very enclosed, um, uh, stacked on top of each other. So stairs and, and, um, and you were outdoors after classes or or whatever, but it wasn't it wasn't as sprawling an outdoor situation. You went out to ski, of course, um, but yeah, it was very. They were very different. I didn't learn any German. I have to say, I, I don't, <laughs> don't know how that happened. I learned no German, um, but you learned but how I, to ski. But I learned how to ski, and I <laughs> ate a lot of Maltesers. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Rhonda, you know, the Swiss boarding schools are incredibly diverse. Can you talk about how a multicultural environment helps shape one as a better person? Honestly, I think that might be the biggest gift that Rose gave me. The ability to see uh, the diversity of the world, of the world. It's something that as an American, uh, you have to make an effort to see. When you are an American living in America, 
uh, it's very easy to get tunnel tunnel vision. vision. And um, it's very easy because that's all we're given. And, uh, and also in the States, uh, everything is, is, is black and white, a little bit less so now, now we have black, brown and white, right? <laughs> but, but, but back in the eighties, it was really, you were either black or you were white and, and, and it wasn't put into a context, a global context. Um, so going to Rose and where every single friend I had was a different nationality, a different culture, a different religion, spoke a different language, every single one. And I was meeting and friends with people from places I had never considered prior to that, having been uh, American in in, in the States of Turkey and Iran and Egypt and Brazil and um, all over South America, Peru and Ecuador. And I mean, just everywhere. And of course, Europe and, 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 you know, you had French friends and Spanish friends and they were different than the Cuban friends who were different than the you know, Mexican friends. And, the, you know, and, and really that was so, enlightening for me as an American and um, and so expansive for me. And, 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 and also there were very, very precious few people at the school who only spoke one language. So some of the Americans um, and a couple of the British, <laughs> but that was it. Everyone else had at least two and probably many more than two. Um, Rose, by the way, um, it is, has, has two, not only does it have two different campuses, it had two different schools within the school. It had the French side and the English speaking side. I was on the English speaking side, but many of my friends were on the French speaking side, meaning that they took their classes in French. And I took all my classes in English. But even if you were a native English speaker, on the English side, you still had to learn French just to buy a toothbrush, right? right. <laughs> to get a taxi, to, to, to buy a ticket on the train. And, um, and so they're really precious few people who didn't speak more than one language. Um, I had been studying French already, so I had a basis for it, but I became fluent in Rosé. That's awesome. I I agree. It's just such an enriching, life-changing experience to interact with so many nationalities, cultures, religions, like you mentioned. It's it's the best gift. I I agree with you 100% there. And, and, you know, and, and the love between all of us at the time, I remember it so well. And even today, I'm still in very good touch with many of the people I went to school with. And there is an ability to, it's not exactly loving past the differences, it's loving the differences. You know, it's it's different than just, you know, it's not, it's, 
we're not the same and we love that about our, our each other you and, love and that there's about something it. about that boarding experience when you're having breakfast lunch dinner exams and you're doing yeah. absolutely it's 24/7 together that yeah. creates a bond for life it it really does doesn't it? it it really does create a bond for life and um and and i was so happy to have had that experience and then go back to the states which i did for my um uh, 11th and 12th grades and 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 beyond um and be able to study and learn and honor the specificity of my history as a black american mm -hmm. but also have that in this much bigger global context uh it it's it's really made it's really the foundation of who i am in in a lot of ways That's awesome. Rhonda, a couple of years ago, you performed alongside your husband, Rodney, at Rosé's stage. Had you performed at Rosé as a student? How, how artistic were you during your time there? Well, all I, I what I had Besides at Besides the talent show. Yeah, with the talent shows. That's all I had. I had the talent shows. Um, but they were a big deal, Carla. I want to make that clear. They were a big all deal. All right. <laughs> I love that. Um, but no, this was this was huge for me to go back. Um, it was my first time back on campus um, since I had left, which was over 20 years. Um, so much had stayed the same. And I was able to walk my son, my nine-year-old at the time son, um, around the campus and show him, you know, where I had you know, where I did everything. Um, but also there were so many improvements. I mean, so many beautiful buildings built. The whole stage where we performed, that that whole space was new. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful, beautiful. And, and so great to see uh, the students. Also, one of my friends from Rosé, who, uh -huh. who we knew each other well, she now runs, she works there now. Oh. Oh, and cool. she, yeah, and she runs the the girls' dorm, dormitory. So we saw each other. We got to talk and catch up. And then she gave me a tour of everything that had changed and everything that was the same. And it was just really, uh, it was very, very moving. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, it sounds like it was emotional to go back and and, and re relive it a little bit, right? It, it was. And my boy really wants to... <laughs> really wants to go. He is chomping at the bit to go to Rosé. Is that in the plans? Uh, you know, we uh, we homeschool him. So at this point, I'm not 100% sure I'm ready to not have that kind of control over his curriculum. I like being able to pick and choose uh, all his classes and all of that. But I do think it's in it's it's being considered very seriously because of the things we just said, mm -hmm. um, because of the languages, you know, um, because of the cultures, because of the global mindset. I want that for, for him. Um, and, uh, and, and anyway, he loved it. He, he, we went around my, at that time, um, another member of my family, Nicholas, Uh, through through marriage, he's a member of my family. He was there, and he took my boy around. And I remember he said to me, he said, "Can I take uh, my son's name is Raif? Can I take Raif to see uh, the the boys' dorm?" And I said, um, "Oh, uh, by by you're gonna go by yourself? Can I come?" And he kind of gave me this funny look, and he said, "I guess you could come." <laughs> But I said, oh, but I'm not a boy. He said, no, 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 no. It's just that you're so old. 
Okay, leave, leave. Everybody go. <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> like nothing like young children to keep us in check, right? Right. Right. But no, um, he loves it. I would love him to be there. As a matter of fact, uh, maybe we'll even do a summer camp or something in advance of that. Uh, but I would love for him to to have that experience. Well, you just mentioned your homeschooling, Raif. Do you think you've incorporated any best practices from Rosane, the crafting of your own methodology? Because I hear Raif right. is fluent in four languages, and that sounds like a true Rosane right there. That's a Rosane, right? Well, what's so funny about that, Carla, is I didn't notice it when I was doing it. So uh, what I knew was that French was a big gift to me. Um, I learned it, like I said, uh, 14, 15 years old. By about 19 years old, when I was in college, I spent time in West Africa. And because I could speak the French, it's their second language, it's my second language, uh, we were able to communicate in a way that the people who I traveled with were unable. And I, I said to myself, this is a door opening gift for me. Um, I also knew that my mother doesn't speak French, but through uh, Rosé, she was able to gift her daughters something that she didn't have. Um, she's not really a skier, she doesn't speak French, but she was able to give something to us that she doesn't have. So as I had my child, I knew, one, I wanted to give him what I did have, which was this French that was door opening for me really, really uh, an ability to connect with people that otherwise I, I, I would not have been able to. But also I wanted to give him more than what I had, things I didn't have. I don't speak Spanish, I don't speak Mandarin, but I wanted to give him those as well. And I knew that that was possible. So at a very young age, um, we started doing that. Uh, he started learning languages the way all children learn languages, which is that uh, immersion, which is that we had people around him speaking to him only in those languages. We had uh, part-time babysitters and they spoke to him only in those languages, first French. And once I saw that he was um, picking that up so easily, I moved on to Spanish and then Mandarin. Um, and we did that for, we're still doing it, but we did it for several years while he got a hold of his languages. Then at some point, um, when he was still young, maybe about five or six, uh, I went to a friend's wedding. Uh, a friend from Rosé invited me to her wedding. And uh, when I got there, all of the guests had gone to Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> the whole gang and was there. The whole gang was there. And I'm hearing the languages again and the cultures again and 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 that laughter and that and that connection again, not in spite of, but because of um, our uniqueness and our unique differences. And 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 I'm reminded once again that these are languages. Anyone can learn them, you know, um, and I'm seeing not just them, but their children at the wedding and they're speaking languages. And all of a sudden I thought, oh my goodness, that's what I did without even noticing that I was trying to 
rebuild this world that I had as a teenager, I created that. You unconsciously, unconsciously replicated it, it at was home. Isn't it? It's so funny. And when I mention it to people, they say, was that unconscious? We thought that you were doing that on purpose. I said, I wasn't. <laughs> um, but I'm so pleased that now my son is 11, that he can walk into any of these groups, uh, any of these situations, uh, you know, with the Rose uh, uh, alumni and their children, and he can be right at home. You know, he speaks, he speaks English, he speaks French, he speaks Spanish, and he speaks Mandarin Chinese. That's and, incredible. Uh, so he can he can be he can be right at home, and we you know we're continuing with those. Um, it's a lot to keep up. It's harder in the states. It's hard to keep that up in the states, but um, but we're doing it, and we'll add more. You know, we want Arabic and Swahili, and we want we want some. Oh, I love it! I good, love it. DC languages up in there. <laughs> exactly, Rhonda. Now switching gears to your professional life, um, I've yes. heard you say in an interview that you like to produce music with content, songs yes. with meaning for grown folks, people who are old enough to understand their purpose. Yes. What's your ultimate goal here? What are you trying to achieve through your lyrics? Yes. Well. My goal in my music is the same goal I have in my parenting, and it's the same goal I have in my speaking, in my writing, in my life, which is that I believe we all have so much more power than we recognize and then we give ourselves credit for. And it's through that power that we can create the lives that we want to create. We have a tendency to give our power away and think that um, that other uh, other people, other circumstances and situations get to decide uh, what we're going to do, how we're going to feel. Um, and uh, and so I, I talk about that in my music. I, I talk about that as we just discussed in my parenting. It's it's everywhere in my life. And um and and I, I write songs about it. Um but I also, even when I'm when I've written a song that's not necessarily about that, that is what I am sharing when I when I perform that. So uh, so that's that's who I am. And that's what I that's what I do, whether I'm whether I'm singing or or writing or or parenting. <laughs> Rhonda, another another excerpt from your biography reads, unlike most people, as the daughter of Diana Ross and Barry Gordy, Rhonda Ross was born into a life of iconic fame and worldwide success. However, like many of us, she was also born into a world filled with obstacles, pressures, and outside expectations. Can you talk more about these pressures and outside expectations? I think a lot of our students will relate to the challenges of finding their own path. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm actually in the process right now of writing a book. And at the core of the book is this idea that it can be challenging sometimes to find one's own unique light when the sky around you is being blazed by other huge lights. And in my case, that is my mother and my father and the, uh, 
the legacy that the brilliant, beautiful legacy that they built. Um, but it doesn't have to be Diana Ross and Barry Gordy. There's so many instances where we can look around our, our environment and say, oh my goodness, um, someone else already did such a great thing. How will I ever compare? Um, and what's, what's added to that is when the outside world is telling you, one, that you should compare, um, or two, that you don't compare. <laughs> so um, so I, I, I was... I was raised in that to the point where I didn't even, you know, a fish doesn't know they're in water, right? I didn't even know that that's what I was breathing in. But there was an expectation that um, that I would be the next Diana Ross. Um, do things the way she did it, things, um, sound like her, make the same choices that she made, create the same kind of art and content that she created. And first of all, she's remarkable. <laughs> and, and I like to say, you know, there is only one Diana Ross and anyone trying to uh, em em emulate her is gonna get their feelings hurt because <laughs> there is only one. And, um, but there's also only one Rhonda Ross. Exactly. So my work became at an early age to figure out what it was that I had to offer. What was mine to give? And to discover it, to uncover it, and also to honor it and, and sew into it and polish it and, <laughs> and love it and value it and all of those things. So in, in a lot of ways, it's been a, a life's work for me um, to do that. And, um, and so that's, that's, that's what I meant by that quote that you read. Um, you know, we talk in this society about, you know, rags to riches stories or, you know, or these kinds of things or, you know, um, other, other circumstances, but that, that was not my situation. But my situation also is one that I think a lot of people, more people than you would realize really can, uh, can relate to because it doesn't matter whether it's your parents or is it a sibling or is it an aunt or uncle or is it a cousin or is it even just someone else in your industry who you feel like is blazing so bright you don't know how to shine your own light but we must we must figure it out and we not only must we we can we have the power inside of us to to figure out our unique value we absolutely do. And then to go create a life that that helps that shine. So if our listeners could remember just one thing from our conversation, what would you like for that to be? There's room for all of us. I think that that is is the bottom line. There is room for all of us. And, um, and, and you don't have to be a replica of anyone else. You don't have to um, diminish yourself because you feel like, you know, you can't, can't compete. There is room for each and every one of our stories, our viewpoints, our talents. Um, 
and our light. Rhonda, I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so, so much. If any of our listeners wish to continue this conversation, can they find you anywhere? Are you on any social media? Yes, I'm on. uh, First of all, I have a website, therondaross.com. So T-H-E-R-H-O-N-D-A-R-O-S-S.com. And I'm also the Rhonda Ross on all social media. So, um, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, I'm there. Wonderful. And if any of our listeners have any other questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to email me at Carla at SwissLearning.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Mm-hmm.